We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And there's some Lakers news today that, as you know, we can't officially talk about until it's signed, sealed, and delivered. But we've been wanting to do a pod on what do the Lakers still need. So reports are, Darius, that the Lakers are bringing a veteran guard on board. Leaving us... Oh, yes. Leaving us with... Two empty roster spots. One of those, I'd guess at least one of those is being reserved for the buyout market. Last year, we had two buyouts. We're close to the point of knowing what this roster is going to be, at least to start the season. In your view, what are the holes that still need to be filled? I don't know if this team has any holes, honestly. Really? That surprises me. Anthony Davis and LeBron James paper over a ton of holes, right? And their front court versatility is something that allows you to play all kinds of different ways. If you're just looking at the roster and like, what doesn't this roster have? I do not think they have a pure power forward type who is basically like my job description says, do power forward things all of the time and also hit the three. So there's one guy that's out on the market that's like that. I've mentioned him on Twitter a little bit, but like a Paul Millsap type. Paul Millsap has basically been a power forward his entire career. He rebounds. He sets screens. He's a good enough passer. He can score in the post. And he can shoot the three a little bit. That's basically the description of a modern-day power forward. The Lakers do not have that guy on their roster as a reserve type of guy, right? They have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a pretty damn good power forward, right? And if he does not start at center... Like, okay, you don't need a power forward. LeBron James, when the Lakers go small or when Anthony Davis isn't in the game, he's very likely to get a bunch of minutes of power forward as well. Those two guys are maybe two of the best power forwards in the entire league, if that's the position that they're playing. But besides that, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe another top level like wing defender, but those guys don't exist as a veteran minimum guy like i'm thinking of guys that are available mike like 
skill sets that are out there to be had for what the Lakers can actually pay them. And if you view it through that lens, like, I don't know what this team still needs. Like, there's a bunch of stuff I want, right? But that's just me being greedy. Where are you at with this, though? Because maybe I'm being a little soft in my post-burrito podcast recording. What was on the burrito? Oh, Al Pastor burrito. I know, but like, what'd you put on it? So Al Pastor, a little pineapple in there? No, I mean, it was, you know, not like I was in Mexico and they cut it off from a spit. Not that level of quality. Just, it it was wondering, fine. If it was really okay. good, you would have seen it posted on Twitter. I was going to say, already. you do post your food on, on Twitter all the time. So uh, that's right. To get to the question, I I don't think that you're being too cute. I think what you're, you're sort of, instead of just looking at the roster and saying, yeah, the, it, it would be ideal if they had this spot. You're looking at the, the entire thing that we talked about last podcast, which is relative to the rest of the Western Conference, you know, they have enough. And based on what LeBron and AD can paper over and stuff like that, I'll I'll stick with the same answer, Pete, that I've been using all along, and it's that big three and D wing that you don't have to necessarily tax LeBron with having to guard in a series. And Bazemore, we, we think probably not big enough, maybe long enough to an extent with his reach, but against the elite guys, or and then Ariza, like is Ariza, does he have enough left to be that guy? Um, that he would have been even a couple years ago. And to me, those are both question marks. And therefore, that would still be the spot where I, I don't, and, and you mentioned this, whether it's the buyout market or whether it's a trade that happens at some point of the season, that would be the position more so than point guard or center or what, like that would be the spot um, that I think. And that I think, honestly, is probably a pretty good answer for almost every NBA team. You know, and, and that's why that position is so hard to come by. But when you look up and down the roster on Lakers.com right now, Wesley Matthews is still on the roster, right, in that instance. And he being a guy that defensively, I do think, can guard some wings, uh, some bigger wings like that and hold up and hold his place. And we know that he's kind of hot and cold from three. Some night he might go for four, another night he might go three for four. But I, I don't know if there's a better player like that uh, if you're having to fill out a roster spot that you already sort of trust and knows the coaching staff and et cetera, then Matthews. Uh, and, and that's Sidarius's point, Pete. I don't think that guy is out there, obviously, right now, or he'd be paid more than $10 million by some team, you know? But that, yeah, that's still, that's still my spot. I'm sticking to that answer. Oh, I'm all aboard with bringing West back. And, you know, it, it, let, let's hopefully keep him on the Lakers website on the roster. I'd be thrilled to have him back in part because I think our biggest need is regular season defenders. We've got a lot of guys who are veterans who I think are capable in a high leverage situation in a playoff series of playing varying levels of defense from adequate to even above average. I don't expect many of those guys to be 82-game defenders plus that 16-game type of defender. And Wes is a guy who's going to give you everything he's got on the defensive end any night. So for me, it's less about position. It's not position-specific. It's If you're a guard who does that, if you're a big who can run and, and do that, if you're a, that power forward type that you were talking about, Darius – I feel like we need guys who and these are simple things. These are not I, I feel like to your point of, you know, let's get a two way wing on a vet minimum. Like that guy, that's not a person that exists right now. That's that's a free agent. But 
I do think that that is a skill set that is available. These are guys that are hustle guys. We need hustle guys. That is basically what it comes down to for me. And whatever position they play, just guys that are going to run down the floor, chase a shooter off of a screen, you know, pick up full court every once in a while, crash the boards. Mike, you know the types of guys that I'm talking about that are just going to go out there and run and run and run and kind of allow those other guys to be those 16-game players. Of course. And quick note, just just to get this in there, there's nothing to read into Matthews being on the roster. Jared Dudley was also on the <laughs> roster, right, up until the point where he took the coaching job. So he's just – I think when when a player has yet to sign somewhere else, they yeah. generally he stays on the website. And then, But Matthews is a free agent and can go anywhere he wants. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear and, and we're not drawing too – because he also doesn't have a number on the roster. So that that's me being clear. Mike, it's too late. You've already been aggregated um, is, is breaking this news. So yes. we appreciate you breaking Wes back to the Lakers here on Lakers the Lakers Insider podcast. That's not funny. <laughs> Harrison, don't even DM me a joke about that, let alone tweet about it. Okay? So if I were going to revise my answer, that's the obvious answer, right? Is I just... I'm I'm looking at this roster and I'm just like, all right, a part of me is like, well, there's already a ton of dudes, right? And so, look, I'd love to have Westback. I'd love to have any of these guys who you say, Pete, who can be 82 game defenders, who can give the veterans on the roster a spell, right? I mean, in theory, they cut Alfonso McKinney. Right. He's a player that's like that. Yeah. Like his roster spot, like his contract was going to be guaranteed at a certain date. They waived him and now they have an open roster spot. McKinney's not going to play this other fictional player. That's going to fill this other roster spot, whether it's Wes or whoever. Sorry, I'm going to bring up Twitter again. I tweeted something out at the time that we're recording this, how Frank Vogel is going to decide his guard rotation. And it was a gif or a gif, however you pronounce it, of a scene from The Dark Knight where Heath Ledger is the Joker. He's talking about expanding his gang and he's got two dudes right there and he takes a pull cue and he breaks it over his knee and then he throws a piece on the ground. And he's just basically like, yeah, whoever brings me the pull cue back, that's who's on the team. Right. And it's sort of like survival of the fittest. One of these dudes is going to live and the other dude is going to die. The dude who lives, you're in, right? And to me, the Lakers roster construct at this point is sort of like that. Vogel's going to break a pool cue over his leg. I would pay to see that, by the way. I'm just saying. And that's how practice, I feel like that's how practices are going to be. That's how the competitiveness of playing time on this roster is already sky high. Is it like my my concern is actually on the other end of the spectrum is that we got a bunch of veterans who've played a lot of regular season and a lot of playoff games who know that the regular season only matters to a certain point, you know, and that's it's I'm more concerned that our competitiveness during the season will not be high enough to produce kind of the wave effect that you need as you're going into the regular into the postseason. Pete, my big counter example there would just be Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. That's the guy of almost anyone in the league that takes care of that kind of stuff. And he I does. get that he's a vet, but this is like, that's, that's what he does. That's what he's always done. I mostly agree, but he can be a low motor defender too. That's my concern is we have got a lot of low motor defenders that his, that but, is part of how they now that's not to say he's not capable or a high motor defender when he's engaged, but you you understand the distinction that I'm making? Like a lot yeah. of guys who spend a lot of time just kind of chilling on that end of the floor. 
is this is one of those things where we don't really disagree. You know, it's just it's sure. like the way that we're approaching the question. I think that his general his general energy that he brings to the court, whether or not he specifically is locked in on every defensive possession, That's lifts fair. the general energy of his teammates and and the guys that are you know that are not going to have the ball as much and or LeBron or or AD when Russ is doing more on offense. I, I think it just spreads around. Would be the I way totally I agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, too, I want to clarify my point that just because there's a high level of competition for minutes does not mean that the players who win those minutes are going to compete hard on the floor. Sure. There's no causation there is what I'm saying. But like, let's not jump to the conclusion that just because there's a lot of dudes who are going to want to play. And I think that the competition for those minutes is going to be high. The decision making around who gets minutes is going to be tricky when you're looking at it through the lens of the head coach who's going to have to make those decisions. The result on the floor is going to be whatever the result on the floor is. And those players who have to earn, keep and earn those minutes are, we'll see how that goes. But adding another dude who the expectation is like, oh yeah, well, he could be good for this as an 82 game player who is going to fill a role and help this team do X. It's just like, man, there's already 12 dudes on the roster who are looking at this roster and saying like, I could be that dude. Right. And I don't care how much they talk about sacrifice. Sacrifice is great. I, I love that they're talking about sacrifice. The idea of everyone buying into this role of sacrifice, though, and just being like, uh, I'm good if I don't play. That's different. That's different. It sure me, is. Right. And so bringing in another dude who who we talk about through this lens of he can really help because and the way he's going to help is by playing. Oh, oh OK. Well, there's a lot of dudes already that I think we are looking at through that that lens. And to jump on the whole, like, we should do a pod about that. We will do a pod about that eventually is how the rotation shakes out and, and how we envision things going because it's going to be a dance that's going to have to take place here. The other mitigating factor for me, Pete, and worrying about energy or effort or whatever on defense is that they lost last year. So this to me is more of a problem after you win and you're trying to fight off all the people that are coming for the throne. And that's why I always talk about Ron Artest was so helpful in 2010. And it's why I thought the injection of Schroeder and Harold to an extent was going to help through the regular season last year um, from an energy standpoint. But this year, the it's, it's that part of it with LeBron and all of the revenge season stuff. It's AD coming off of uh, his worst year in a while, mostly due to injury um, and to the shortened offseason. It's Westbrook with everything to prove, even though he says he doesn't have anything to prove. I think he wants to show um, that he can win here. And that, like, that, to me, carries over some of the, tech to, the technical or the tactical elements that might be a concern if you're just looking at the roster, uh, one through whatever it is right now, 13. I think you're spot on with that. And the argument that I'm making isn't particularly technical or tactical. It's more of endurance. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to keep going down this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I am right on board with you, Mike, that a lot of the environmental pieces of this season are more in our advantage than last season, uh, whether it's having a home crowd, having a full off season, and that chip on your shoulder that you were just talking about. Very important. We have that. I, I, In fact, I love the degree to which we have that with a lot of these really established vets. Darius, you say, we've got a lot of dudes, like we've got a lot of dudes like a lot of a lot of very strongly defined characters over the courses of their career and so the willingness to turn that up when it is necessary and to do the amount of work my concern when you combine that with our age is it's a very long season and my theory at least my belief is that defensively especially you build momentum throughout the course of the season that by the time you get to the playoffs, you are because defense is so it's more of a coordinated effort than offenses on offense. You have you can have one or two great players kind of facilitate opportunities for all five, whereas on the defensive end, it is more of a five man effort. And so I think that if you're relying on this group of older players to build that wave that I'm talking about, like, you know, the biggest waves in the ocean start way back and they swell slowly and they start to build and build. I really view defense in the regular season as that. And I think that we are inviting injury and health issues. If we're asking these this group of guys to get down and strap in for 82 to get to that necessary point, they're capable of getting to the level that they need to. But I think that there are certain like defensive wheel greasers that guys that just run around constantly and they've got energy for days young trevor ariza was one of those guys i think those guys are important especially with a group like this so i agree with you but the wheel greasers are not the dudes who actually start the thing going i'd argue that if you're looking for there to be a defensive identity it's gonna have to start with anthony davis it's gonna have to start with lebron james it's gonna have to start with russell westbrook to a certain extent they are your best players if your best your best players set your culture your best players are the drivers of your identity it's one of the reasons why a podcast ago or two podcasts ago we showered some a little bit of praise on the boston celtics right and one of the things that i think has always been sort of an issue with the Celtics is is that one of their core leaders has been a guy who's not their best player. Like Marcus Smart has been a driver of their culture. He has been a driver of their identity. Marcus Smart is not their best player. We talked about this on like the Shaq episode where for better or for worse, the Lakers, those Shaq era Lakers took on Shaq's identity, right? And when that was at their best, they were that wave. 
because Shaq decided, you know what? Like, no, I'm the baddest MFer in the world. And everyone is going to jump on my back. Everyone is going to take on this, this identity and, and this mindset. And we're going to dominate fools because well, I am the dude. Was it, this is a question to you. Wasn't it more like we're going to approach the regular season a certain way, but like come the playoffs, you don't want a piece of like, you don't want a piece of this, which is different from Kobe's approach. If I could jump in real quick on that. The first season, we were really good on defense during the 2000 season, the first championship team. It was more the next two seasons during the regular season that we dialed it down because we had that level to get to. That's a really good distinction. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's different when you've got a new group as, yeah. or at least as new as we have. Obviously, the foundational pieces are different. But I think that in that circumstance, the 2001-2002 season, the regular seasons weren't as important defensively as this one will be for the Lakers. This is a great point because – it's now on LeBron and AD to forget, right? Because they, they need to forget that they already did this before and not rest on the idea that they ha we have it in us. We can get there. Mm -hmm. We can get there, right? We did this. We did this 18 months ago, less than that, right? Like, and, and so this idea of, oh, well, we can just – call on it like maybe you can individually That's as right. anthony davis and and lebron james but their responsibility to this team is bigger than that their responsibility to this team is to is to set that tone pete and so for lebron it's trickier but year 19 lebron and mike you've been spot on in mentioning this over the course of of the offseason, looking at LeBron through that lens of the expectation needs to be way up here, and, and I'm putting my hand up high, defensively, that's got to be careful there in looking at LeBron that way. And so for me, that puts the onus even more of the onus on Anthony Davis, right? He is the guy who is right in the middle of his prime. He is the guy who is looked at as one of the very best defensive players in the entire world, right? And I think it's going to be on him a lot to set that defensive culture, which he did in his first season. And last season, I thought was not he was not as focused there. Um, and 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 so, where do you guys look at AD in this idea? Because to me, he needs to be the dude who is driving this team forward defensively and take on that leadership role. So let me, I'll actually go a little bit of a different way here. And I think this is part of the team building argument. And if the Lakers were to make some of the moves, whether it was the rumored Sacramento one or something else in which it was LeBron AD and role players, but good role players. And then in that case, absolutely AD was going to have to be the guy to step up even more and to step into that vacuum and to be the leader on defense and to, you know, really honestly compete for an MVP. Like that would have been, I think what the expectation should have been for him. But now that you bring in Westbrook and all of the alpha qualities that come with him and the fact that he hasn't won and the fact that he's come home, the fact that LeBron and AD already won. So even in that sense, that dictates something in its own right. I, I do see it a little bit differently than just AD having that responsibility, although that would be great. That would be ideal. And if he does, I put that whole conversation we had about the, like the Lakers and the Nets, then I put the Lakers as the strong favorite. If I'm getting like 
dominant, obsessed with winning defense, all of that AD every night, then shut it down because that player was like the second best player in the league um, when we when we saw that. But I'm just I'm trying to anticipate what Westbrook's going to bring to this team mentally, um, let alone physically and all of the activity which sort of backs up that mentality. And that's what I'm that's what I'm holding on to, I think, in this discussion. So uh, like, Pete, where do you where do you see that between A.D. and the impact that Russ either does or doesn't have on it? I think A.D. will be our leader by example in the best of circumstances. I do think that he's more uh, more prone to external motivation than either Westbrook or LeBron. But I think that when A.D. is feeling it, it's a get on my back type of he's a get on my back type of defender and that that uh catalyzes the energy of a group like when you're making kick-ass defensive plays and getting out on the run the next possession your ball denial off of the ball might because you forced a turnover on the last one might be a little more uh spirited right and so that same way that russ's mentality that you're talking about can imbue everybody with a certain level of spirit i think that anthony davis's talent and his ability and production defensively Ain't nothing more fun than a 12-0 run. You know what I mean? And he's going to – if he's playing defense like that, that sparks it. In context, though, with this conversation, what we've been talking about is mentality. I'm very bullish on the Lakers' mentality going into this season for all of the reasons that you guys have said. But the NBA season is very long, guys. And that's – when I was talking about innings eaters the other day, I'll give you a name to bring this out of the abstract. You know who's a player who I think could help this team who's in organization already is Shondi Brown. I'm talking about a G-leaguer who's end-of-the-bench type of guy but will run around, Is at least has the physical profile to be able to defend, and is going to track down loose balls, just run around like a maniac. I, I feel like we need a couple of guys that – and this, these aren't terribly hard to find, but that can do that and – We're going to have injuries over the course of the season. We're going to have – it's not going to be our playoff rotation for a full 82 and then into the the postseason. But I think that those types of guys, having them in the fold – because we are at this point talking about end-of-the-bench players – having those guys in the fold is helpful in because there were times where we did need an Alfonso McKinney to step in. And had we not gotten hurt again, come playoff time, the ability to have those bodies at the end of the bench that will do energy and activity type of tasks, I think is very helpful to getting to the point that we need to be. So for me, it's less about mentality and more about the long drag of a season and getting through that. Yeah. And and I think we're all arguing on not arguing, Doing, but I think we're all hitting different touch points on the spectrum of how this team can be a good defensive team, right? And so Mike is hitting the sort of Russell Westbrook inspiration, like driver of mentality and and that identity that Russ brings from a competitive spirit standpoint, right? And Pete, you're talking about the idea of first week of March on a five-game Midwestern road trip, second night of a back-to-back, hey, players eight, nine, and 10 in in the rotation don't necessarily have their legs tonight. Well, player 12 and 13, right, jump in there. Or maybe they're hurt. Yeah, maybe we got a couple bench guys out. And and player 12 and 13 or 13 and 14, hey, you're going to get a shift right now, right? You haven't been in a game for a week and a half or two weeks. 
but you're going to get a shift, a meaningful shift, not a garbage time shift, a meaningful shift. And just what can you do with that? And those sort of things over the course of an 82 game set matter as well. From my perspective, it's still that the idea of who is your best player at doing the thing that needs to be done? Who is that guy? And on this specific team, the Lakers' best defensive player by basically any metric is Anthony Davis. He's the team's most important defensive player as well because he's going to be, if he doesn't start at center, he's going to need to guard stretch power forwards. When he does play center, he's going to need to protect the rim and he's going to need to switch. And in certain matchups, he's going to have to guard a dominant power wing offensive player in order to spare LeBron James and maybe Trevor Ariza and Kent Bazemore or whoever else the the burden of having to stop that that guy. And in order for Anthony Davis to be that dude, there's a certain amount of, nah, man, like I'm on it, right? And that isn't a thing that can waver. It's not a thing that you turn on one night and let and let's slip away for two or three or four nights another time in order to, okay, well, now we're playing the Heat in Miami. LeBron's got his dope, I used to play for Miami, and I love coming here outfit on in, in the tunnel. And AD, you got Jimmy Butler tonight, right? It, it can't just be a once every two week thing. That thing, that mentality starts now, basically. We're recording this, yeah. you, you, like season starts in 50 days or 45 days or, or whatever. We're like a month and a half away. It starts now. And the idea of who it needs to be and what's going to be the driver of this aspect of, of the team, I think it's AD, even above Russ. I think Russ can lift AD in all of these other ways. I think he can get him easy baskets. I think that he can sort of like be in his ear and, and, and sort of animate him in ways that I think are going to spill over into the defensive side of the ball. But if you're asking me how this team is going to be its best defensively, if it doesn't start with Anthony Davis, I'm not sure it's going to start. Yeah, that's, it's hard to argue that AD is the most important defensive piece for sure. And, and, and as a tone setter, and I don't want to keep repeating the same argument. So I won't just about Russ as the general energy yeah. bringer. Uh, in this context, but yeah, like I, I think both of those things can be true. I'm um, when I'm thinking about as we started this pod about what do the Lakers still need and you know what kind of players. I'm this is where now I'll go to Darius's initial point where they've they've got I think enough. It's just it's going to be more about getting reps together to figure out some more of this uh, the offensive. And I know Pete, you said you think they're going to be fine on the offensive side of the court. You know, I do, I do too, ultimately compared to the rest of the Western conference, but I still want to see, I'm a little bit more interested to see how that works out as compared to the defense. Cause I think they have enough vets, enough guys with enough talent, enough size, you know, enough of a scheme with Frank Vogel, enough of a daily presence in the film room to, to hammer things down on that end that I'm more curious to, to, just to see the interplay between LeBron and Russ and AD and how which guys are able to step up around them um, in like in that kind of tech. That's where I get back to the technical and tactical stuff. So I don't know if that means that I'm less concerned about the defense than you guys, but it just it's not the first thing it, it come top of mind when I'm thinking about what's going to happen for the team this season. 
No, that's actually great to know. And I think that'll make for some interesting conversation in that sounds like you're a little more concerned about the offense than I am, but maybe a little less concerned about the defense. So I think that'll be fun to explore that. Uh, Question for you, though, Mike, the age of the team, right? It's something that's been talked about a lot. The veteran guard that we're adding certainly adds to that. Collectively, we got, I think, what, five of the top five or six of the top 12 uh, oldest players in the NBA. With respect to needs, do you factor that into that's a big part of my rationale for young G League dude that runs around like give me even one or two of those guys and maybe that spot gets freed up for a buyout guy. Maybe it's a last year we signed Quinn Cook, but it was to a non-guaranteed deal. And so you have a you have a guy, you have a, a, a body that you can throw in there, but maybe he's not on the team come trade deadline. But the age of the team, I'm curious your thoughts in terms of how that impacts our remaining needs. So this to me is is mostly a LeBron question about the age, and, and here's why. LeBron is still the guy that everybody would want, that everybody would plug in, that everybody, if they had to win a game, you may get a couple arguments for Durant or for Giannis, but there's nobody that's putting LeBron too far out of the top three um, for this season. And so his age, therefore, becomes a little bit like it's it's in the back of the mind as a concern, but... I guess what I'm saying is that maybe it shouldn't be based on the fact that he's LeBron. And so he's still getting that benefit of the doubt. So if you take, if, if we're kind of removing him from the overall, in, in my exercise here, if you'll, if you'll go with me, of the overall age thing. So the guy that's going to play the next most minutes is Anthony Davis, um, who is in the prime of his prime. And, and from a leg standpoint, that certainly should not be a concern. Um, not really concerned about Bazemore or even Ellington, although they've been around the league for a while, about their legs. You figure they have plenty of legs. Neither of them um, went on some long postseason run last year. We'll see what Nunn and Monk bring, but certainly they'll have the legs for it. Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza are not going to be counted upon for much, or at least they shouldn't be. And they're going to be coming in and Carmelo score a couple buckets, space the floor, you know, bring a little effort, but how many minutes is he going to be playing? And again, same thing with Ariza. Marcus Gasol, you can kind of put him and Dwight together. How many minutes are they going to be playing individually, right? So that the load is such that you're going to be worried about the legs wearing out at a certain point of the year. Uh, not so much that for me, again, it is that much of a concern because you have Anthony Davis to play a lot of those minutes uh, in, in such circumstances. So and then you have THT, of course, and the he's the last person that you're worried about from a leg standpoint. So I think that it's a it's an interesting way to look at it in all of the accomplishments and the years put in. And and I definitely get that. But but leg, the part of the legs thing that I would be most concerned about would be if I'm asking one of those type of vets other than LeBron, who we're all comfortable still asking that for, from LeBron to give me more than what I think that person has. And I don't think the Lakers are going to need to do that. So that's a charitable way, I think, of looking at the age. And, and of course, you would you would prefer if some of them were a little bit younger, but then you wouldn't have them on the roster because they would be somewhere else and getting paid more. Mike, I also think that this is why they chased a player like Russ rather than ultimately doing a deal that consolidated some of that talent for a very specific skill set or a high-level role player who maybe is a better fit right and it's because a star player like russ helps you sort of balance out things in a way where the asks are lower across the entire roster for nearly everyone this is a great point and so like are all these guys older several of them sure 
is the hope though is i think within the construction of a roster where you are relying on so many veterans is that well we're asking all of these guys to do less than at any point in their career yeah basically right except for maybe lebron who played on a juggernaut heat team right every other player is probably going to have the lowest lift or the 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 least amount of lift that they've had to carry in terms of burden for their entire career. And the hope is, I think, that that translates into more production within the context of their role than what they would have gotten, right? It, it's, it's like for all of the folks who are really big on on analytics, the, the idea that you become less efficient as your usage goes up, and that's natural, right? And so, and I've been big on slotting. I've been big on right-sized role. These are ideas that I've talked about a lot on the pod since we started doing this, Pete. And I think that to a certain extent, you probably agree with this, but I don't want to speak for you. But as you get guys into the right-sized role, they can be the best version of themselves more consistently than what they would if you just gave them free reign and unlimited minutes right? Some guys can thrive in that sort of environment, but most players can't. And I think that's especially true of veteran guys. And, and so for me, at least, when I think about what does, the, what does this team need, I think what they really need is for their star players to sort of sort it out, right? Because that will appropriately allow everyone else on the team to, to fit correctly right into the role in which they were assigned to play. And if they don't have to do any more than what they were, than what the original intent was, I think they're going to be okay, right? Are there still things that the roster could need in a big picture way? Sure. We've talked about those over the course of this pod, but I think don't make the lift too heavy for any of these these dudes. And the Lakers are probably going to be a damn good team because they've got a lot of talent. Sorting out that talent to me is going to be the subject of a future pod but it's definitely there for this team to to be able to work i think both of you guys made really excellent points that make me feel better about this in total there's a physical component to that burden that you were talking about it's not just your role on the team how important are you to the production and success of it but there's also a what's the difference between being a 15 to 18 minute player and a 28 to 36 minute player there is a different physical demand and ask that comes with that, that as players get older, remember when we signed Dwight a couple of years ago, he was out of the league, not entirely for on the court reasons, but his effectiveness as a 32 to 34 minute per game starting center was starting to wane. But part of what made Dwight so good in that role for us on that title team was he would just go out there and kick your ass for 18 minutes. And he looked like Dwight Howard a lot of times doing it. Maybe not the same vertical leap or the same explosion, but his motor, If and it makes sense, right? You can ask somebody to go for all out in for 18, 20 minutes in a game, much more than 32, 34, 36 minutes. It's a completely different ask that is more appropriate to an older player. And I think that's more reflective of how an older player gets older is that they are not able to, they're still them, but they're not able to be themselves for as long. And that brings me to the other point, which is Russell Westbrook. Even though he is 32 years old, Russell Westbrook does so much. His impact from 
these components of the game, the energy, the running around, the being active and alive and flying up and down the, the court, the type of things that you associate with the young players that I was talking about, he absorbs so much of that burden that that ask is going to be even less of those other veterans who are now asked to be 18 minutes of Carmelo Anthony or 15 minutes of Trevor Ariza. I think that those two factors make it more comfortable in my mind where, you know, in terms of I'm more confident in their ability to defend and run for that stretch because of what what's being asked of them. going to be an interesting conversation to go uh, to follow that storyline throughout the season. All right. This has been great. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, hopefully cover that veteran signing or at least in uh, very soon. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, missing. Bryant, unbelievable. For the victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.